Hello beauties. Diet culture is all around us. We have hardly no way to get away from it. It influences how we speak and exercise, what we eat and what we wear, and even how we feel about and talk to ourselves, which is probably one of the worst situations. We are living and breathing diet culture every day, yet most of people don't really know that it exists. It's just part of the whole fabric of who we are, makes up what we do, and really enforces all of the decisions that we make from every minute of the day. So this is what we're talking about today, diet culture. I hope you'll join us. Hey there, beautiful. I'm so glad you stopped by. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of More Than Hope Podcast, where we will openly discuss how to find that wonderful, radiant, vivacious goddess that you once knew and bring her back to life. I'm Wendy, holistic nutritional consultant, and I know we're going to be best friends because I know that it takes more than just hope and the occasional carrot to reach your heart's desire. And I want to help by offering you real solutions because after all, you're a real woman dealing with real issues in the real world. Let's face it, life can be tough sometimes. Heck, our own inner voice can be our own worst enemy, and it's hard to get out of our heads and see the reality of life. But when we have someone to turn to, someone to lean on, someone who has our backs and gets us, life can be a little easier. We smile more. We laugh more. We appreciate life more. I'm here to tell you that I am that someone. I'm on your side. And truth be known, I love you. So grab your carrot and let's get started. Welcome back. So what is diet culture? It's basically a system of beliefs and values that prioritizes body weight, shape, and size over health and well-being. Diet cultures place a moral value on our behaviors, products, uh, that we consume, that we think about, that we buy, that we <laughs> take in all the time, and the goals that the desired um, that that are desired to achieve a specific body type. So this is basically what a diet culture is. In the world of diet culture, thin bodies are the most valued bodies of all, and food can be neatly categorized into bad and good. So we've talked about the evils or the perceived evils of the bad foods, like sugar, understanding that it is not about good or bad when it comes to our foods. The focus basically within the diet culture is on external goals instead of internal ones, and decisions often come from a place of self-control instead of self-care. You may be thinking, but I'm not on a diet, so what does diet culture have to do with me? Well, you know, the thing is, you don't have to be um, on a diet like keto or paleo or whatever the latest diet is to be participating in the and the culture of dieting. Most of us have been living the diet culture for so long that we have an internalized diet mentality that affects how we think about food, about the movement and our bodies. We It just makes up the fabric of who we are. If diet culture is 
all you've ever known at first, uh, some forms of it can be tricky to pinpoint. So it might be really a little bit hard to identify what's going on. Um, the most fo uh, obvious forms of diet culture uh, look at the black and white thinking so that all or nothing food is described as a term of clean or dirty, good or bad, healthy or unhealthy. Uh, leaving no room for the nuances, leaving no room for that gray and uh, that understanding that you are an individual that, um, you know, can make specific choices just for you, depending upon what you need. Uh, some foods actually seem to take on a magical properties and are described as detoxifying or super or miracle foods. And these are words, again, that are equally as demonizing as fake or junk or bad. And, you know, we get the wrong idea about these foods as a result. So under the diet mentality for simple active eating can only, you know, can easily turn into uh, a trip, a guilt trip or a shame spiral. So you're succumbing to your cravings or your temptations and then feeling like crap as a result because you think that you don't deserve it or you've done something bad as a result of taking in a bad food or even on the other side of the spectrum is if you happen to uh, not take in any kind of good foods. So not the fact that you're taking in bad foods, but you're not taking in superfoods. Oh, I know I should drink more water. I don't know how many times I've been, I've heard that. And people feel guilty and they feel shame when they come to me and talk to me about bettering themselves and one of the things I ask them is, how much water do you drink? Well, you know, the first response usually is, well, not as much as I should. And then I get all kinds of excuses from people and I don't do this and I don't do that. And it's all very negative and they feel like crap and they feel like I'm, it's almost like a confessional almost, which is, it's hard to see. It's hard to, to you know, process that for some people. And it's, and from my perspective, it can be a little daunting because I feel I feel for you guys. I mean, we don't know any better. There's no way of of being able to get past that. So that's why I like to do what I do. Um, so mantras like every bite you take is either fighting a disease or feeding it can really get you to the point where you're thinking, oh, well, I'm just I might as well give up because I'm not doing anything that is good for me. Um, I'm not choosing the right foods, I'm going to get sick, uh, you know, and that personal responsibility and moral and moral imperative really just gets thrown out the door because you figure, well, why bother situation. Diet culture actually teaches us that exercise exists to atone for our sins of what we've eaten. So um, exercise can be used to earn food. So that's another way that we can look at the diet mentality where we think that, well, we had uh, an extra piece of cake for our birthday. So that means what well, we have to walk five extra kilometers the next day. This is that, that slightly warped mentality that I'm trying to uh, get across to you guys that, you know, we're going to work on that a little bit over the next little while. Uh, because that language of exercise of, uh, you know, the harder, faster, stronger variety uh, with the emphasis on no excuses attitude can really, again, it plays with that whole worthy, you know, that worth about whether you're doing good or not. 
And we always try to strive and try to feel better about ourselves. But at the same time, understanding that we're doing the best that we can within the circumstances that we're given at that time. Um, worst of all, the diet culture um, equates weight and size with health as well. So not only does this ignore the additional aspects of health beyond the physical, such as mental, spiritual, emotional, and social health, which are equally and so very important to everything that you are trying to do. It's not just about the food that you put in your mouth. And this can lead to weight stigma for a lot of people, um, feeling that they are less than because perhaps they're not the ideal situation. Um, and actually leading you to judge other people as a result as well, too. So understanding that, um, whatever size that you are at a specific time in your life is good. But at the same time, um, it's that, that mentality, that diet mentality, that's, you know, allowing you to think less than, um, diet culture shows up in many, many devious ways. Um, it's there when you and your co-workers are just about to celebrate an office birthday and there's a five-minute discussion about who's gluten-free that month, whether the cake is keto-friendly, or how indulgent a slice is. Uh, I remember doing this when I was at the nursing home working with my fellow healthcare providers and it really just kind of, I just sat back and I just listened because at that point I was already into my nutrition practice but at the same time I just that the, just the talk that was going on was just so very fascinating at, at one on one hand but also very very sad on the other because I they didn't understand and and this is why I try to do what I do with um these podcasts and all the offers that I provide people and everything else is just education to get to that next level of understanding and awareness. Diet culture is can be harming um, for us in more ways than one. So it is in charge. We are expected to spend our valuable time and our money and our energy in pursuit of looking a certain way and being healthy, in quotes, or fit, in quotes, enough. We're socialized to believe that we can earn our worth through weight and wellness. So if you have an issue with, as most people do, their value or their worth, your worth, this kind of, it, it comes down to seeing that you're less than because you're not perfect. You know, a little bit of a side note here, nobody is perfect and you can Although we know this, it's still so ingrained in our mentality that it's hard to get past. The diet culture really contributes to the prevalence of eating disorders too. So taking it that step further for a lot for some people, uh, men and women, which you know ends up having a really high mortality rate, and um, it is definitely classified as a mental illness. So. Again, it goes beyond just the food that you're taking in. You're, you have to look after your mental health as well. And it's estimated that up to three, uh, 30 million people have eating disorders in the United States alone. So um, many are uh, known to have eating disorder risk factors such as body image dis dissatisfaction, 
a weight stigma, a history of dieting, or uh, par for the course in the diet culture. This is just, it's normal, people, and, and the simple fact that it's normal is really, really scary. In the diet culture, it really does harm everybody. It doesn't matter your age, your size, your uh, activity level, you, the food that you take in, the type of food that you take in, it really does hit everybody on every level. Level, sorry. While diet culture harms everyone, its effects are especially detrimental to, to marginalized groups. That's because diet culture reinforces existing systems of oppression. So we're getting into this whole another realm of it. For example, diet culture promotes a single body type, thin and visibly fit, as healthy and desirable which ignores the reality of body diversity and perpetuates a widespread fat phobia. Additionally, body type culture encourages, um, is most often attributed to white bodies that conform to Western body uh, beauty ideals. And this is inherently racist and contributes to a long history of white bodies being seen as the status quo, while all other bodies are seen as less desirable or less worthy. Dot culture also has roots in classism. It actually puts a mandatory wellness culture with prohibitive costs uh, while ignoring issues like poverty and food availability. Food availability. My mouth is not working. Furthermore, diet culture actually in, uh, is very insistent that we call it healthy and starve off disease if we just buy the right foods, uh, take the right supplements, or commit to a right diet exercise regime. So this basically means that as long as you have the money to be able to afford the right supplements, the right exercise, the right foods, it is called healthy, and then, you know, you're, you're in that category, so you're better well off. Um, the thing is, and I've heard it again and again and again, I can't afford healthy food, let alone organic food. It, and, you know, and it really pushes the envelope out further for people that are in, uh, have issues of poverty or food availability that they are not, they don't have access to the same stuff. And this is an exhaustive list of the harm, um, that diet cultures causes and the types of oppression that it supports, but it does not provide a foundation for helping you to understand that when diet culture is the norm, we all lose. So I've got five tools for dis dismantling this diet culture. So you want to maybe get out your pen and paper and we're going to go through them, try to go through them a little bit quickly here and figure out what is, you know, some ways that we can really work towards uh, dismantling and, and starting to get away from this diet mentality. So you want to just really bring your awareness to the first one here. It's just rejecting the whole diet mentality, getting rid of the things that keep you stuck in the diet mentality, like low-calorie cookbooks or your scale. The scale is one of the big ones. I've had so many clients, and they actually get mad at me because they have this idea that they have to be on the scale every day or every two days or every week at least. And if they don't, they don't understand how they're going to be able to measure the fact that they are healthy or not. They, you know, use that 
scale as a way to measure uh, their worth, basically. Because if they are not able to lose five pounds within uh, whatever amount of time that they think that they should be, then they're not worthy, that they have, uh, they're less than, there must be something wrong with them. Or if they happen to gain 10 pounds in a week, uh, you know, all these different thought processes end up giving us the idea that we are less than. Uh, we want to try to leave behind that diet, dieting mentality and that restricting uh, for good because it really just serves no purpose. I mean, we are never, ever, ever going to be perfect. And as many times as we think that we finally reach that ideal, we don't realize it until in hindsight, usually, because as well as people saying, I know I should drink more water, they say, well, if only I'd known I was perfect back when I was 25 and I had the perfect body and I appreciated it then as opposed to being 55 and not really appreciating where you are at this point in their lives. You got to stop putting weight loss and leanness on the pedestal and revolving your life around that as opposed to understanding and appreciating the body that you have now while working towards your optimal health. And that includes mental as well as physical. So commit to yourself that you're going to catch that little voice in the back of your head, that, um, that feeling of guilt or shame. Um, when you, when you fall back into that diet talk in social situations, um, in your head and recognize your internalizing food rules, uh, so that you can practice letting go of them. That's, that's one thing. When you start becoming more aware and more aware and more aware, then you're able to finally allow for yourself to give yourself some breathing space and, and get past it. It doesn't happen overnight, especially if you've been in this kind of mentality for many, many, many years. Uh, and most of us, it has been. It's a lifelong kind of situation where we've, right from day one, been brainwashed to think a certain way. So... It's hard to get past, but it's it's something that can be done. You want to be critical with the language that we use. So once you know that the diet, uh, the language of diet culture sounds like, you're going to start noticing it everywhere. So you're going to try to avoid language like this. Moralizing foods such as good, bad, clean, naughty, sinful, cheating, cheat day, all these words you're going to try to uh, try to get away from. You're going to try to get away from linking food and exercise such as, um, oh, I earned this pizza pizza, piece of pizza, or I deserve a diet, or I need to burn off that holiday stuffing. These are things that you really, again, you got to really be aware of what you're saying and then try to get away from it. You're going to try to get away from shame, shaming and demean uh, demeaning people and their choices such as pop will kill you or soda will kill you, you know, or trying to tell other people and make them feel bad for their choices. Uh, cardio is a waste of your time. I think you're probably had enough to eat. You know, should you really be eating that? These kind of shameful comments towards other people and demeaning comments to other people. Again, you're not perfect. You're not in a place of judgment or to be able to judge other people and neither are, you know, these other people, you know, putting those words in their heads. 
Um, especially if you go to a professional, you don't want a professional, uh, like a nutritionist like myself or a dietitian or anybody like that to say these kinds of things to you, because again, the shaming and the demeaning is, is not healthy on any kind of level. And it's something that should be a red flag if you go towards uh, some a professional and need their help with regards to that. So you're going to try to avoid language that focuses on the body, such as you should think about uh, losing some weight, or I'm just worried about your health, or you look amazing. Have you lost weight? That's one of them. That's one of the top ones that uh, even with myself, it used to be almost a boost of adrenaline when people would say that. And it's something that you always kind of, it's that boost of dopamine, that, that opioid kick that really gets you, that you always are trying to work towards because it's that feel-good um, boost that you get and you try to get again and again and again and again. So when somebody says, you look amazing, have you lost weight? Well, whether you have or you haven't, it doesn't really make much difference, but you get that feeling of, oh, well, you know, that's that's a really great. But you, again, trying to get away from that and trying again away from saying that to somebody else, too, because, again, that's that makes another person feel like either they have to strive more for that um, uh, feeling of accomplishment or that they haven't done enough yet to earn that that greeting from you as opposed to, you know, you look amazing because you have such a beautiful smile today as opposed to you lost weight, you know. Hopefully I'm, I'm not confusing you here with what I'm saying. And, you know, if you feel comfortable with doing so, you can actually just gently challenge other people who use this language as well too. So watch what you say, but also, you know, say to other people, like, that's that's not really where my head is at or that's a little demeaning or you make me feel a little this way would you mind not saying that can also bring awareness to somebody else in your group or your family members or whatever and uh, bring that understanding that it's okay to be exactly where you are so the third thing on my list is learning to eat intuitively so if you're going to leave dieting behind you'll need to find a new way of eating that really doesn't rely on external food rules. So the practice of intuitive eating will help you become more aware of what's going on inside your body so you can start trusting your body again. By learning to eat intuitively, you're able to reconnect with your hunger and fullness cues, focus on satisfaction, and stop restricting yourself. And number four on my list nurturing your relationship with the nutrition and exercise as a form of self-care. So loosening that grip on any of the previous practices that you were rooted with an obsession and perfectionism instead of real self-care. If you thought that getting fewer than 10,000 steps a day fills you with fear, it's time to take off the activity tracker. Get rid of the Fitbit, I'm sorry to say. If you are ruled by the fact that you are doing some crazy little dance in the kitchen at 10 o'clock at night just so you get the 10,000 steps, this isn't healthy, my friends. <laughs> this is something that, and I don't mean to laugh because it's not funny, but it's something that you should be aware of that is not 
benefiting you in any way, shape, or form. You're going to want to try to prioritize food and movement that makes you feel good instead of the food and movement that you hope will make you look a certain way. It's a good litmus test for yourself is asking, would I still be doing this if I knew for a fact that my body wouldn't change as a result? You know, if, if you're doing it out of joy, and this is why in my programs, I really try to emphasize the fact of joyful movement as opposed to putting in 10,000 steps a day or uh, going hiking uh, to increase your cardiovascular or going to the gym and pumping weights. Like, is this something that you would do even if you knew that there would be, your body wouldn't change? This is, and joyful movement really brings you to a point of doing things because you love it and not because you have to. I hope that makes sense. So the last part of what I wanted to talk to you about today is actually building a community. So ditching that diet culture by yourself when it seems like everyone else is still stuck in, you know, it, it, it can be very, very lonely and it helps to be in touch with like-minded people. And this is where stuff like my, my group, Transform Your Health with Wendy, Facebook group really comes in handy because it really gives you the opportunity to connect with people who are like-minded, who are aware of the same things that you're aware of. They value the same things. They, they provide an opportunity for discussion about intuitive eating, joyful movement, weight inclusion uh, approach to health. Um, with myself as the group leader, administrator of uh, Transform Your Health with Wendy, we I offer opportunities for people to see an alternative, whereas during the whole month of November, we were talking about sugar, but looking at the fact that we can take in healthier forms of sugar without depriving ourselves and um, not demonizing it and understanding that there are certain ways to live a healthy life, but still incorporating the things in our life that are wonderful. So educating ourselves on topics through recipes that I provide through inspirational quotes, through talks like this, um, the podcast, and hopefully some candid conversations with a lot of people is, is something that is so very important to keep this frame of mind and awareness open to so many people. Because when we're looking at the diet mentality or the diet culture, we we really give it a this entity like a social currency almost that most of us are really trying to cash in for all of our lives we and inevitably there'll be times when you want to run back to that familiar embrace and and that just really is human nature when that feels uh, when that feels we go back to things that are feeling good uh remind us that ourselves that are this is a normal reaction it it really does take that diet mentality out of out of the equation and just really brings our focus back onto who we are as people and something that is so very important to to make sure that we don't end up losing out on the good things in life because when we spend all of our time and our focus in on everything else externally we we lose sight of the wonderful things that are potentially inside. And 
understanding and listening to our bodies and growing and learning and all these wonderful things that make up life. We don't want to miss out on it. And we don't want to spend our time obsessing about things that are never going to happen. We are never going to be perfect. And we are never going to all be the same. We cannot all have the same body. Um, We cannot all have the same skin shade. We cannot all have the same height. We cannot all have the same eye color. We cannot all have the same experiences. And when we try to emulate things that we find beautiful, it, it is it is good uh, that we try to better ourselves, but at the same time, understanding that we just have to be the best of our own self, not the best of somebody else. So I'm really hoping that this kind of got you or or you resonated a little bit with what I had to say today. If you'd like to join our Transform Your Health with Wendy Facebook group, we would be more than happy to help you understand that, you know, it's it's a private group and it's we talk about this kind of stuff a lot and we try to emphasize uh, the diet, get to get away from the diet mentality. We emphasize uh, emotional eating, but healthy weight loss as well too and, and working towards a better self. Um, if you want to look and see about some programs that I have available, you can head over to my website, whnutritionalsolutions.com, where I have a couple of programs that are like 21-day programs that are, you know, self, <laughs> I can't remember the word I was going to say, do-it-yourself basically programs, but there's also an opportunity for you to work with me one-on-one if if this is something that you would like to do. It is preferable because it is really really hard to get out of the the diet mentality it's hard to get away from getting out of these habits and and know that you're going to be okay and to know that you are going to thrive and be so much happier on the other side so if you are interested in something like please let me know Um, If you get a chance, please like and subscribe to this podcast and uh, leave a review. I would love to hear what you think and I will talk to you soon. Oh, my beautiful friend, how are you doing? Was that episode helpful, inspiring, empowering for your journey? I'd love to know what you thought. You can head over to iTunes, the More Than Hope podcast and subscribe and give me a review because this is going to help me to tailor these episodes to what you need most. Like I said, I'm here to help. In the meantime, you can find me on social media at Nutritional Solutions by Wendy on Instagram and Wendy Humphreys Nutritional Solutions on Facebook. The best place to find me is at my website though, www.whnutritionalsolutions.com. Every month, I have a theme where I give away downloadables and other great free stuff. This is happening all the time because that's what I like to do. Also, don't forget to sign up for my newsletter and other great opportunities because if you like my podcast, you're going to love all the crazy offers I have too. Until then, know that you embody everything that is good in this world. Love yourself deeply and the world of possibilities will open up to you. I promise. Big love always, Wendy.